Welcome back to episode 4 of Who's Code Again, a weekly podcast dedicated to taking a look at the Premier League with an eye towards improving your fantasy squads. I'm your host, Abin, and I am back after an extended Christmas break. Not really a break, really, just had a lot of things going on, and hence there was a massive delay in recording a lot of people in the house. It's no real time, no real um, space to have a clean recording without any sort of noise or feedback. But I'm back now and hopefully things should subside and we should have a episode every week uh, coming out on either Thursday or Friday. This is will be the last of the Monday releases, but I had to do it because oh, we're in the thick of the Boxing Day fixtures. Actually, we're in the last um, fixture of the Boxing Day uh, games. I think uh, Liverpool have just played West Brom and drawn <laughs> Big Sam has undoubtedly made a heroic comeback to the Premier League after a rather silly loss to Aston Villa last week, who are also doing exceptionally well, by the way. But yeah, that's all for the episode. Let's kickstart this now. So last time we spoke, Liverpool had to play Crystal Palace and United were up against a pretty strong lead side. And we're here a week later. The results are not looking good for either of the, op- the opponents they faced because Palace lost heavily, lost 7-0 to Liverpool and United absolutely thumped Leeds 6-2 um, on uh, the following day. It was an interesting week to be a United fan as I was, as I am. Uh, we had a wonderful performance against Leeds, a little open at the back, but I guess it was just fighting fire with fire and Ultimately, the team with the better players and the, and the quality um, came out on top. Um, as for the midweek fixture against Everton, where they it was, I, I watched that game and it, for the first fifteen to twenty minutes, United were absolutely dominant, possibly the best they've been all season. But then <laughs> there comes that usual problem where they just do not capitalize and finish their chances, which always leaves. The door slightly ajar for any opponent to, to make a comeback. Eventually, United did settle the game in the 87th minute with a wonderful strike taken by Edison Cavani, who is lucky to have been on the pitch. His little uh, fracas with uh, Yerimina went widely unpunished, and uh, Martial ran on to a Rashford pass in the 94th minute to seal the win and make. United's uh, away run, rather keep United's away run um, untainted from the crutches of from the clutches of, of, of loss. Okay, never mind. Anyway, um, fast forward to the weekend, and United really should have won a game against a Leicester side that never really got started. That it was always. In played in scraps, uh, both teams were more than happy to sit back and let the opponent have all the ball and try and hit them on the counter. Eventually, um, United took the lead, were pegged back in about under 10 minutes uh, with a wonderful strike from Harvey Barnes, who was given a little too much space, in my opinion. The second half, Edison Cavani comes on, instant impact, makes a darting run, uh, comes in rather comes into midfield. Um, Bruno drops behind him, plays him through. Lovely ball, bottom corner, beautiful. And then the calamitous defense at the back once again, once again, rears its ugly head. 
uh, ball comes in from the right completely unchallenged and Jamie Vardy takes a swipe as he does and bounces off Axel Twanzebe's leg, knee rather, and uh, rolls into the net. 2-2, a rather frustrating result for United given the circumstances that where they are where they are because this team may not win the title this year let's let's be honest with that but they definitely there's definitely the markings of a team that could that defense that defense is ultimately going to let them down and let them down badly but um i don't see how they're going to be they're going to sustain that kind of form going through the next couple of games. So quick turnaround, they play Wolves on Tuesday. Uh, Wolves, who are actually playing right now against Spurs, have less than 48 hours of recovery, which is criminal, but a rather... Um, I mean, it's not really surprising, given how boxing their fixtures are and how managers tend to complain about the lack of rest that their players end up getting. But yeah, I mean... This United team could pose a challenge, by which I mean they may be able to match Liverpool up to a certain extent, and I think around March is when things will eventually fall off, because their fixture run towards the end of the season is not very not very light. They play Wolves on the final day, they play Liverpool about three games prior to that, they have City, they have, they have all the big guns to play, and... Most of them being away, which is a good thing if it's if you're a United fan because generally United's form away has been um, has been spectacular. It's the home form that's been of concern. But uh, it's this team is so inconsistent. It's so irritating to follow. It's just not good for my health. Uh, one day we're in the absolute pits, and the next day we're absolutely flying. There really is no level ground, and the fan base is is symptomatic of it because. The, barring the Arsenal fans, I do think the United fans generally tend to go extremely overboard and we ultimately get what we deserve. Now, speaking of Arsenal, who haven't had a win since um, they beat United on the 1st of November, ended up beating Frank Lampard's title-challenging Chelsea yesterday 3-1 comfortably. I don't quite understand what Lampard's... Uh, <laughs> tactic, or rather his plan is, because he keeps uh, shifting Timo Werner out onto the left when it is evident he likes to play through the middle, but it just doesn't seem to be working. He, If Timo Werner is the one making crosses into the box, you're losing a very potent part of your strike force. I do get that. Timo Werner has been extremely off form. His miss against uh, Leeds, was it, was absolutely comical. Not really in, been in the goals, but you should be getting more out of that asset. Relying on Olivier Giroud to come in and save your season is can only take you so far. Like there, is, there will be a point where things are going to start stagnating, and I think Lampard has reached that point. He hasn't beaten anybody in the top ten, um, and is highly looking likely to be one of the contenders uh, for the sack race soon if things don't change. Two hundred million spunked on that squad. Kai Havertz has flattered to deceive. Um, Thiago Silva has been good. He's actually been really good. Um, I was of the opinion that he would get roasted in the Premier League. It would be too quick, but um, Chelsea's defense has been largely been untroubled. 
given except for that horrible game against Arsenal for them. Um, but all three goals, exceptional goals. I mean, not really the first. The first was a penalty that could be that was contentious and could have gone either way. And um, the second from Shaka was a thing I wanted. You don't save that. And the third, as much as uh, Bukayo Saka says that he like gave, saw the keeper off his line, it was a cross. He looks up to cross it, completely miscues it, loops wonderfully over Mendy and into the back of the net. Beautiful goal. Um, Chelsea didn't have chances. They actually pulled one back late into the game, had a penalty, which was saved by Jorginho. And I think this is his third missed penalty at this point. Not a lot of Chelsea fans are very happy with him. Not a lot of Chelsea fans are happy with the manager. So things could change for Frank Lampard and they could change very, very quickly. As for other results from um, this week, we had Villa. Aston Villa are proving to be the the dark horse this season. They've, they were a man down thanks to Tyrone Ming's stupidity but went on to win the game comfortably uh, with three goals to none against a Crystal Palace that may have uh, been a bit demoralized after their thrashing at the hands of Liverpool. But you would expect you would have expected Palace to like challenge for this game, not just roll over and um, <laughs> and just like let uh, Villa walk all over them. They had more yellow cards than they had any sort of goal attempts. It's kind of ridiculous as to how um, Palace are set up and Without Benteke, they don't really have a, uh, a centre-forward that is capable of being providing some sort of consistent form. I know it's ironic I mentioned Benteke when Jordan Ayew um, has been there the last couple of seasons, but he seems to be off the boil. I think Batshuayi is there too, but Mishi Batshuayi is just it's the epitome of inconsistency. I'm surprised United haven't gone him for him because he totally fits in with the ethos of that club currently. Um, and as for other results, Man City ground out a tunnel against Newcastle. Ferran Torres and Ilkay Gundogan getting goals from in that game. Kevin De Bruyne being absolutely useless from a fantasy perspective, but I'll get that to the get that get to that at the end of the episode. Everton um, a casual one 0 win against Sheffield United, who are on two points this season. They look like they're going down, and I think Aaron Ramsdale is just, just a terrible luck. I feel bad for the guy. Literally, Leeds pulled out a, a very different performance after having watched them last week. Because last week, they were so open in the transition. Um, it may have scared them into shutting down a bit defensively. They ground out a 1-0 victory against Burnley. And in that second half, at some point, Burnley had had 11, on, 11 attempts on goal and with about 6 uh, on target. So it wasn't a, uh, a Burnley performance that wasn't... Um, what do you call it? standard Shondash? It was a little more than that. West Ham um, ground out a 2-2 draw with Brighton, and this was a lot. And I saw a lot of flack for David Moyes online before when the when the lineups were announced because West Ham played with two attackers. They had about eight defenders, about five defenders, and three midfielders, and two attackers on the pitch against a Brighton side that were more than uh, around for the taking. I don't understand side Benaramas. I don't know if I've pronounced that right, uh, inclusion transfer to West Ham because he's not a moist type of player, not especially not in the setup. Suchek is the one ultimately saving him his saving um, Moise's blushes because that man is, has pulled West Ham out of the mire so many times. But so far, the result of the day is was at, was at Anfield when Liverpool played West Brom and 
I was watching the game live. As a matter of fact, I've just come across, just come off, um, having just completed that game. And Jim Beglin, for the first 40 minutes, I need to like talk about this, for the first 40 minutes, was waxing lyrical about how wonderful Liverpool are in this game, this total domination, all the while playing exactly into Big Sam's hands. So we need, all know this, Big Big Sam's plans, 4-4-2, four, four, four banks, two banks of four, uh, looks to catch the team on the counter early on in the game. They gave up an early goal, which I don't think was part of their plan, but... They they were in that game and Liverpool were just being forced into crossing um, from deep, hoping that someone would make a run in, but it was so congested in the box, it it worked to no avail. And in the 80th minute, Samir Jai leaps higher than anyone else, um, gets his head to the ball, bounces off the post in 1-1, Jürgen Klopp is shell-shocked, Big Sam is back in the league and the title race is back on. I genuinely felt that United had lost an opportunity to close the gap um, against Liverpool after their draw to Leicester yesterday, but I don't know. I'd like, I still feel that it was an opportunity lost. They could have cut down uh, the points difference to about two. But we're here, the United still have a game in hand, and they must really, really turn up, turn up against Wolves on, on Tuesday. Liverpool have apparently had eight days of rest and I find that quite hilarious because now fans are complaining that it's been it's eight days too many. They should the team's paying everyone an average of three to four days if ultimately are more in form. I don't know, the excuses are weird. Anyway, um I'm yet to see what's happening in the the Wolves Spurs game. I think it's it has kicked off, it's twenty minutes in. Um, and yeah, I think I've addressed most of, um, most of where the teams are. So we'll move quickly on to the fantasy section, which is proving to be extremely problematic. Now, um, this has not been a great week for my fantasy team. I have stuck so loyally to Kevin De Bruyne and it is to my detriment because that guy has completely gone off form he can't finish one on b ones he almost cost me my triple captainship which i played on him in game week 11 he had missed a one-on-one yesterday and luckily for me all the people in my league who captain sala also ended up blanking because uh, of big sam's heroics with west prom today now um there should be a game week 18 and game week 19 plan coming at the end of this week when I finally, just before the game week 16, episode, uh, 17 episode drops because I'm still not sure as to what I want to do. I know I don't want to use any of my chips because I feel uh, game week 29 or 26 is going to be another double game week where I definitely want to use my free hit and and then I probably use my wild card on game week 34 and bench boost in uh, on game week 35 accordingly so there's um th- that is the original strategy so for now the team stays more or less the same uh, i have sufal who's up against southampton uh, i don't expect them to get many points there it could be a 1-1 drop so i have mccarthy and sufal both playing each other i have james dustin's against james dustin against a, a demoralized crystal palace 
Cancelo, I think he's going to be a starter. Like he wasn't going to start this weekend until until Kyle Walker ended up getting COVID, which has kind of shafted Pep's plan, and and the ball fraud is now <laughs> being forced to play him. Much to the delight of many a fantasy manager like me, I still don't know. I have Megan in my team. I think he's just here to fill the gaps. I'm going to downgrade him to Suchek at some point. <laughs> Um, Salah will stay. De Bruyne is on his last legs, but I need him for game week 18 and uh, the double game weeks. I don't think he plays the double game week, but I need him for for game week 18 at least. Son's up against Fulham. He's still yet to get any sort of points. Uh, Cavett Lewin didn't have much to contribute against um, against I think they played uh, against against Sheffield. I think he's mostly going out. Bamford, the only person in my forward line to bring back any sort of returns. And Firmino being absolutely useless. I don't know why I keep getting honey trapped into this dude. It made zero sense for me to bring him in. And um, But I'm going to persist with him against for the game against Newcastle because I do want two free transfers um, that will ultimately look to bring back the likes of uh, a Vardy or a Kane who I really want for the next set of games and yeah that should be the episode game week 17 I still need I will break down put down a a podcast dedicated specifically towards uh, figuring out what to do for game week 18 the, the absolute must-haves and and the discards so if you're listening I don't think anyone really is at the moment um I you'll I'll catch you on the next episode Sorry for this episode being so short. I know I haven't rambled on for the 30, 30 odd minutes I thought I would. But I'll catch up with you guys soon. Um, Take care. Have a good one.